This is Heart of the Matter Short. I'm your host, Sean McCraney. Our topic is a little sensitive tonight because in the first place, the passing of a baby, an infant, a toddler, child, adolescent, even an adult uh, child is brutal in the life of a family. I know this personally. But what makes the tragedy even more painful are the responses religious men and women have created in answering the question, where do babies infants, toddlers, children, adolescents, and even adults go when they die. Where do they go? Tonight, I just want to talk about babies. Just babies, infants, you know, young children, you know, just these children. Where do they go when they die? Now, I'm going to address this lacking emotion and lacking uh, opinion. I'm going to address it relative to the doctrines maintained by various denominational drivers. We're going to talk about Reformed theology's answer to that question, to uh, Arminianist's uh, response to that question, Mormonism's response to that question, Roman Catholicism, and then we'll wrap it up with fulfillment theology. That's what I propose and, pre- and present and what it says about that question. So let's first look at Reformed theology, also known as Calvinism. Calvin Remember, he teaches that human beings from the womb, the get-go, are depraved, fallen, sinful creatures, okay? Now, that state is so entrenched in a person that nobody can choose God. Nobody at any time can choose God uh, and receive the Holy Spirit and be regenerated and ready to enter into his kingdom. Therefore, if God has not chosen them... No matter where they are in the spectrum of life, they go to hell, a burning place forever, screaming, burning pain, right? If God has not elected them. So with that in mind, the age of a deceased human being is irrelevant in Calvinism. Doesn't really matter. No matter what the age, the question really is, If God does not reach in and elect them, where do they go? And the answer to that question is hell. Straight up, Reformed theology. Therefore, the way a Calvinist or a Reformed theologian answers the question, where do babies go when they die, is if a baby or newborn or infant is not elected by God, That baby goes straight to hell. Age doesn't matter. It's the election of God that matters. Now, there's a quote that goes around that Calvin said, there is a span a mile long in hell of babies. That's, that's a quote that's been attributed to Calvin, but it, uh, there's not enough evidence to suggest that he actually, uh, well, I shouldn't say it that way. There's no evidence that he wrote that, okay? Um, but there is so many Calvinists in his age and after, and critics of Calvin who have used that phrase as coming from him, it's believed that he actually said it. Now, Calvinists today reject that. No, no, he didn't say that. Just like Mormons will reject things that Joseph Smith said or didn't say. Well, Calvinists do the same thing. Uh, the evidence is supported, however, by the doctrine itself. That So I don't know why Calvinists say, oh, Calvin didn't say that. 
The doctrine itself proves that Calvin would believe that there is a span a mile long of babies in hell. Why? Because the doctrine teaches that human beings from the get-go are depraved and therefore enemies of God. It doesn't matter the age. And if God hasn't elected them, they go to hell. So the best answer a true Calvinist can give a mother who has lost a newborn, lost a baby, lost a toddler, lost a child is... If your child was elected by God, he or she is in heaven. And if the mother is a thinking mother and says, well, what if my infant wasn't elected by God? The Calvinist must honestly say, then your infant is burning eternally in hell. That's it. Okay. There's no, there's no other option. So if you have, you're having a reformed pastor speak at the funeral of your child, you have to understand that's the position. Arminianism, which is the con- confrontation to Calvinism, comes, brings an even more difficult issue, I think, because to an Arminian, the human being is born sinful, separated from God, just like the Calvinists, sinful, sinful, sinful baby, But God has given the baby and given humans the free will to choose him. So how can a baby or an infant choose God without any knowledge, without hearing the word, without anything? How would a baby or infant choose him? If we're going to be theologically consistent, a baby can't. An infant can't, right? And therefore, the best answer a free will Arminianist can give to a mother whose baby has died is, where is my dead baby now, she cries. And it would be, if your baby chose God, your baby is in heaven with him. And if the mother is a thinking mother and she says, how could my newborn choose God? Then the Arminianist can only reply, with God, all things are possible. And so we enter into that, that realm of, I can't really say, we don't really know. It's just with God, all things are possible. Maybe, maybe the spirit moved the baby to say, I believe you, God, even though it can't talk. And so it then escapes hell. Okay. But to an Arminianist, the free will to choose has to be there and the choice has to be made. So they, they enter into even more difficult position, I think, than the Calvinists. At least the Calvinists are straight up hardcore. If God didn't do it, that's it, you know, and we don't know if God did it or not. So you're just going to have to wait and see. The Arminius is a little more pathetic in my estimation. The Catholics, oh my gosh, we are, these guys are an interesting group, the Catholics. It used to be because of Augustine and his influence on Catholic rhetoric, I would say, that all unbaptized babies go to hell. That was the Catholic rhetoric. Anybody back from Augustine moving out to about uh, the 1950s, I think, babies went to hell, right? And therefore, people were frantically trying to get sick babies, infants, just born babies baptized. That's why the Catholics are, have priests running into hospitals back in the day and baptizing babies. Because if they die without baptism, they would go to hell. That was literally the teaching. Um, 
So what happened was limbo. Dun, 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 dun. It entered into the picture for the Catholics. And what it was, it was to soften the blow to parents who were grieving over their lost newborn or child or, or, or whatever baby because they would say, well, your baby is in limbo. And scholars say that limbo is described as the nicest part of hell. <laughs> the nicest part of hell is where they, the Catholics say the babies go. All right? And people were not really that happy with that answer either. So gradually, limbo has become considered a place, listen carefully, not of supernatural bliss but of natural bliss. Meaning that they are not physically being tormented in the fires of flame, uh, uh, flames of fire, but they are in a natural state of bliss. But they don't have the supernatural state of bliss that comes with a relationship with God. That That is what it came to. One scholar, his name's Bauerschmidt, uh, he says this, is, this concept's immortalized in Dante's Inferno. And it describes hell as ringing with the cries of the tormented. Uh, but in limbo, you just hear sighs. So in Dante's Inferno, it's ringing with the screams of the tormented. But in limbo, all you hear are oh, sighs. So limbo is described as history moved on by the Catholics as being a nice natural place of bliss. Today, however, most modern Catholic theologians take a completely different approach and don't interpret scripture with the literalism that they did before. And I think it was in 2007, according to this uh, guy, Bauerschmidt, when the Pope in office said something to the effect, when the Pope said, remember, they believe in scripture, tradition, and magisterium is what it's called. When the magisterium, the authority of the Pope says, hey, uh, he says anything, it's like new revelation, so to speak. And the Pope said uh, that people can believe that all innocent souls go to heaven, baptism or not. So that was 2007. That's a pretty liberal stance from uh, what was going on with the Catholics back in, in Augustine's time. So Catholics can say that because Catholics believe, again, in that magisterium, which are the teachings of the church through the papal authority, through the, through the Pope and sometimes the cardinals. With Mormonism, the idea of sinful babies is absolutely erased by Joseph Smith when, uh, probably when confronted with the idiocy of Calvinism. He probably said, this is the most ridiculous teaching I've ever heard. I cannot believe that they're teaching that these infants and children are going to hell. And we're not going to tell our Mormon mothers that our, their babies are in hell. Remember, without baptism or without being elected or without choosing. And so what happened was Joseph Smith lost his older brother to a sudden death. He drank this poison. He didn't know it was poison and it killed him after three or four days. And the family was devastated because this brother was everything to the family. He was the eldest brother. And apparently a, a, a Protestant preacher came to the Smith home and said, he's in hell. And that was the beginning of Smith saying, okay, we're going to get rid of all this this stuff, even for my brother who was not baptized. Well, it works all the way back to infants, especially. And for infants, 
uh, Mormonism said that the sinful babies is erased because what happens is all of us come from a pre-existence. And we all chose, according to God's plan, to take on bodies here. Now, there were some that didn't. They became the angels of evil and darkness. But if anybody decided to come here and take a body, it could be a black person, a white person, a Chinese person, doesn't matter. If they're here in a body, they chose right. And because they chose right, they are essentially they enter the world through the water of the mother, baptized, essentially baptized, innocent. Children are innocent. What? How are they innocent? They enter the world because of a good choice they made in a pre-existence. And by that choice, the fact that someone's here, when they come into this world with a body, they are innocent. And they say they're innocent until an age of accountability, which they generally say is around eight. And they can have some variations on that, depending on the mental capacities of the child. So there's the Mormon's answer. No, anybody who's here, they chose right in the premortal existence. Therefore, when they come out of the mother or while they're in utero or they're a toddler or a child, they are absolutely clean and not um, responsible for the things they do wrong. My oldest daughter tells a story about how she, when she was baptized as a Mormon, eight-year-old, that she fretted, dreaded her first sin that she would do because she knew it's on me now. It's on me. I, I, so I, I've been baptized, I'm, I'm, which doesn't make sense to me. There, there's no sinning going on by the child, but you're being baptized to wash away your sins. Nevertheless, she was kind of overwrought with this idea that now she's going to make a mistake, you know. So to a Mormon, um, uh, they also teach that if a baby dies, um, that in the millennium, the thousand year span, that baby will come back to earth and have an opportunity to grow and mature like all other human beings. It's one of the strange little beliefs that Mormons teach. So, and it's, but it's one of the great attractions that Mormon missionaries have in their uh, bailiwick because you show up to the door. Hi, we're from the church. If they do that anymore, we're from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The woman's weeping. What's wrong? My baby died. Oh, no, no, no. That's terrible. Well, we want you to know that our belief teaches that that baby went straight to the arms of God. And so it becomes very, things like that become very attractive to somebody who is a Mormon, even though it's man-made. It's not scriptural. It's man-made. Look, Mormonism will soothe your soul. Mormonism will soothe your soul because it gives you answers that people want and need in this life to comfort themselves with. For instance, if you're a couple and you're Mormon and, and, uh, and your children go astray, they're all over the place. You got them doing this and that. They've left the church, right? The Mormon church has a back. Hey, if mom and dad stay true, all those kids will be with them in the eternity. Don't deny the power of the sealing is what they say. That's when their family was sealed together. So they have very comforting things. They have the idea that if you are faithful to everything in the Mormon church, you'll become a God. But if you're not faithful to everything, you'll inherit a kingdom that apparently you'd kill yourself to get to. So it's super comforting in the plan of salvation. The only thing, the only uh, people it's not comforting for are people who speak against it. You know, and they turn against it. They don't have a comforting message. 
They're going to go to a place called Outer Darkness where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But everybody else is going to have... So, uh, it's a pretty seamless gig, what they did. And, and, uh, but it's not according to sound biblical exegesis. All right. And so the reality with Mormonism is that they offer the mother of a dead baby is truly not any different than anybody in this world who says, oh, they're in a good place. They're in a, that's just, you know, anybody in the world, not even a, a non-religionist, not a believer in God. Well, I'm sure your baby's in a good place, whatever that means, you know. So the baby's in heaven for sure by people who don't think about these things. And, uh, but it's not supported by the scripture. And this brings us to the biblically supported view, uh, of what I call the fulfilled view. And instead of standing on biblical passages that dealt with the former age long past and the opinions of people who have system, uh, systematized them errantly, um, and instead of clinging to the changing views of Roman Catholicism or the myth-making of Mormonism or the hard coldness of Calvinism, I suggest that we do, in fact, read the Bible and what it has to say about the condition of the human being, the human race, and see if that condition has changed at all by virtue of the life-death-resurrection of God's only son. So if a mother of a dead infant came to me and, 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 and says, where's my dead child? Where's my baby? I would say, do you want the long answer or the short? And she might say, just give me the short in heaven. Absolutely in heaven. All right. And if she says why, then I would say, well, that's the long answer. And if she says, well, let's hear it, then I would say when Adam and Eve brought sin into the world, everybody who died went to a place separated from God. It was called Sheol. That's translated to us hell. Everybody, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, everybody went there. All right. And there was a good part of Sheol called paradise, which was a resting place. And there was a bad part of Sheol called prison. It was for the faithless. If your child had died in that day, Due to God's mercy and justice, your child would have gone to Sheol, the paradise part, but he would have been separated from God because everybody was separated from God. This is the biblical answer. When Jesus came, I would tell her, and did what he did for the world, not just for believers, but for everybody, he had the victory over Sheol and the departed and the separated place. And he had victory over sin, death, and the grave. And as a result, all souls now... Go to a heavenly realm at death. He had victory over Satan and hell, as scripture says. So where in that realm your child resides is absolutely unknown to me. But I would say this, mother of a, of a dead baby, God is good. God is just. And he is so just, he sent us his son who took care of everything that would be an impediment between him and any of his creations. And I would add that he is more merciful and more loving and more good and more kind. And as a result, she will see her departed child again in the realms of light, awaiting her arrival with open arms. So in the meanwhile, I would say, trust God, walk with God, who took great care of your child and all others too who pass from this life in what we would say prematurity. 
All things do work to good for those who love him. And that is why the gospel that we present is really great news. It's not just good news because you believe and you're okay, but if you don't, you're done for. It's great news. God took care of all that separation stuff. And anyone who dies uh, since that time goes straight to a heavenly realm. And God works out the differences because he's a good God and a loving God. Hmm.